Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is April 20th, 2021, and our first story. A state of emergency has been declared in Minnesota, and the National Guard is being deployed in several different cities. Several jurisdictions are preparing for mass unrest as we await the Derek Chauvin verdict, which could come any moment. In our next story, Maxine Waters, a Democrat who incited insurrection in Minnesota, lies and says the judge never claimed her words may get the Chauvin trial overturned. In our last story, CNN refuses to accept that they were wrong in pushing a narrative about the death of Officer Sicknick. Medical report now says Officer Sicknick died of natural causes and not due to being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher on January 6th. Before we get started, leave us a good review if you like the show. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. It's the best way to support us. Now, let's get into that first story. Jury deliberations in the criminal trial of Derek Chauvin are currently underway. We don't know how long this will take. It could be only a few more hours. It could be days or weeks. It entirely depends on what the jurors are discussing and what they feel. I think it's fair to point out that politics will play a role in this. And many of the jurors are probably scared that if they say not guilty, they will find themselves on the short end of the stick from these rioters. Most people fear that with a not guilty verdict, the riots will get very bad. If Chauvin is found not guilty on all counts, we'll likely see riots across the country. It's hard to say exactly how bad they will be, because perhaps Chauvin will be found not guilty on only a, only a few of the counts. And this may still temper the rage of the far left extremists. But across the country, people are preparing. The governor of Minnesota has declared a state of emergency. Outside police are being brought in. Nine million dollars is being allocated towards security. And everyone knows exactly what's going to happen. No doubt this is going to impact the jury. Illinois has activated the National Guard. Philadelphia has activated the National Guard. Anti-riot legislation was just signed into law in Florida. And several major metropolitan areas across the country are preparing for mass unrest. The judge refused to sequester the jury and even now has stated that Maxine Waters, the things she said, may give grounds to the defense for an appeal which could overturn the entire trial. Now, perhaps there are some jurors on principle, who don't want to condemn Derek Chauvin without proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Perhaps they're saying to themselves, I won't send a man to prison unless you can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. But perhaps what the judge just said has made these people feel safer knowing that they can absolve themselves of responsibility, just say Chauvin is guilty on all counts. That way no one burns their house down. And then they're probably thinking the guy will get out on appeal. It's no big deal. I can say what I, what I need to say to protect myself. Perhaps the jury is more concerned 
with their health and safety than justice. I think it's a fair, a fair assessment. I think Americans are particularly self-interested, and many won't stand up for truth and justice in this case. Now, I don't know if Chauvin should be found not guilty on all counts. I certainly think the state hasn't proven their case on most of the counts, but manslaughter may fly. We can only wait and see. For now, we have to contend with the fact that we have a political atmosphere that is charging this uh, trial and pushing it towards a guilty verdict. We've had the mayor of Minneapolis support the extremists. We now have President Joe Biden saying that he wants the right verdict because the evidence is overwhelming. Some are suggesting that's ground for impeachment because he is telling the people of this country to expect the right thing to do is to convict Chauvin. Now, what happens after Joe Biden says that and they don't convict him? What happens when the president of the United States says the right verdict is for this man to go to prison and they say no? Well, then people are going to be mad because if even the president says so, then we must certainly be facing true injustice. And I think it's a strong possibility that's the case. And if it is, following the statements from Biden, it may be worse than we have seen. Let's take a look at what's going on with the security measures and what you can expect from these cities. And then I want to show you what Joe Biden has said, which may make everything worse. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive members-only segments in our members area, segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We're also going to be expanding into a bunch of new kinds of content, short films, movies, comedy, and a new podcast on paranormal, mysteries, etc. We want to do a whole lot more with TimCast.com and make it something bigger than just this show. And with your support, we can start doing cool cultural things that will inspire people and help create a culture of individual thought and people willing to stand up for what they believe in. Also, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the first story from the Daily Caller. Governor of Minnesota declares state of emergency. They report Democratic Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz declared a state of emergency in counties near Minneapolis and is bringing in police backup and other from other states ahead of the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial. Numerous sources reported late Monday. The declaration includes a request to bring in state troopers from Ohio and Nebraska, who will be assigned to security missions at key state facilities, Walt said, according to Bring Me the News. Following the death of George Floyd, protests and riots erupted in Minnesota, which resulted in more than 250 buildings being looted or damaged in St. Paul, Minneapolis and surrounding suburbs. The case against Chauvin went to the jury Monday, and after deliberations and a full day of closing arguments, the final phase of the trial is due to resume Tuesday, Fox reported. Quote, we can't live like this, Walt said. According to Fox 9, we simply can't. But we can't have thousands of businesses burned and people put at risk. Waltz also made a request to the Minnesota legislature to free up emergency funding for extra security, a $9 million boost that the Minnesota Senate passed Monday afternoon, according to Fox 9. Included in the measure is $6.3 million in overtime pay and other costs for Minnesota State Patrol which have been deployed to the Brooklyn Center for security purposes after the police shooting of Dante Wright in April. Fox 9 reported the measure needs to pass the state house. Quote, as the world awaits a verdict in the trial of Derek Chauvin, we need support in our efforts to preserve the First Amendment right of peaceful protests while protecting public safety, Walt said, according to Bring Me the News. The mayors of Minneapolis and St. Paul said they wouldn't they wouldn't order curfews for the entire week ahead of the verdict. According to Fox 9, if curfews are set, they will likely be on a day-by-day basis. Minneapolis officials have been preparing security for the Chauvin trial for months. The city spent roughly $645,000 on fences and barriers to protect city buildings and police precincts from potential vandalism and destruction that could have occurred during the trial. 
Waltz also signed an executive order in February to activate the state's National Guard ahead of the trial. The executive order would also extend into August when three other police officers facing charges in Floyd's death will stand trial. Roughly two dozen people across the country were killed as a result of the looting and riots between May and July 2020. I hope you've taken that statement seriously. It's not just about Chauvin. There are other officers involved. That means we may be in for some of the largest and longest riots we've seen. If Chauvin is found to be not guilty on some counts, as, as long as he is found guilty of manslaughter, then it stands to reason these other officers will face trial as well. We will see more riots, more unrest. It's interesting. The smartest thing the state could have done is just not charge any of the cops and said we declined to prosecute on the grounds that they were doing their job as officers. The riots would have been probably as bad as they were. I, don't, I couldn't imagine them getting worse. And it would all be over by now. The energy would be long gone. Many of these people believe incorrect things about what happened to George Floyd. So it wouldn't matter whether or not there was a prosecution anyway. Right now, many activists are saying the people will win when the state wins their case, which is the most nonsensical thing to me. It is the state versus Derek Chauvin. The state is scapegoating Chauvin for their programs and their training and their requirements and the things they call on cops to do. If Chauvin wins, then the police and the actions they take are justified in the eyes of the people. And if the state wins, then the state literally still justifies their force because they can always scapegoat the officer. There's no real way the police win because it seems no matter what happens, there's likely going to be riots. Now, I'd like to show you a statement from the mayor of Minneapolis, an extremely irresponsible statement. The Daily Caller reports, quote, regardless of the decision made by the jury, there is one true reality, which is that George Floyd was killed at the hands of the police. That's actually not reality. The, the defense has actually put it to the jury to give us their verdict. So I think we can only defer to them as they've seen all the evidence. And we don't know what caused the, the, the death of George Floyd. Perhaps the jury will find that based on the evidence and expert testimony, Chauvin was the cause of death. They might find that he wasn't, in which case all of the charges are out the window. Interestingly, though, if they find that Chauvin did not kill George Floyd, there still may be the felony assault charge. But I don't even think that one can stand. Felony assault implies that Chauvin was attacking George Floyd when Chauvin was a cop trying to arrest someone who was resisting. If they convict Chauvin on felony assault, I don't know how any officer could do their job. But I have to imagine many of them would just stay anyway. Now, I'll show you what really scares me. It's this statement from Joe Biden. Axios reports, Biden says right verdict in Chauvin trial is overwhelming. President Biden told reporters Tuesday that he's come to know George Floyd's family and that he's praying the verdict is the right verdict in Derek Chauvin's trial as the nation awaits the jury's decision. Why it matters? Officials fear a not guilty decision in the high profile case could inflame racial tensions and set off a new wave of riots. The jury was sequestered and entered deliberation after closing arguments on Monday. What they're saying, quote, it's overwhelming in my view, Biden said without elaborating. I wouldn't say that unless the jury was sequestered. We know what Joe Biden is saying. I think it's fair to infer. I think it's fair to say, well, I'll put it this way first. He technically didn't say anything. He says, I hope they have the right verdict. Well, the right verdict could be anything. The evidence is overwhelming. Well, the evidence could be any. Is it overwhelming that he's not guilty or guilty? Based on those statements alone, the media is reticent to say that Joe Biden is encouraging a guilty verdict. 
Considering that he's contacted the family of George Floyd and not the family of Derek Chauvin or friends, then I think it's only fair to say we know what he means in this case. And should there not be a guilty verdict after the statements of Maxine Waters and now Joe Biden? The city is going to burn to the ground and likely many cities in this country. The statements of Joe Biden following Maxine Waters likely give grounds to the defense, as the judge stated, for an appeal. Now, in that regard, I guess it's fair to say the jury's already sequestered, so maybe Joe Biden wouldn't. But I think they can still point out that politics played a massive role in this. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Moving on in the story, they say Philanese Floyd, George Floyd's brother, said on NBC's Today that Biden called him and his family on Monday to let us know he was praying for us and hoping everything would come out to be okay. He knows how it is to lose family member to to lose a family member, and he knows the process of what we're going through. Floyd said they're a good family and they're calling for peace and tranquility no matter what the verdict is. Biden told reporters about his conversations with the Floyd family. The big picture, according to Axios, Congress and the White House are both bracing for the verdict. At a closed door meeting last week with members of the Congressional Black Caucus, Biden said he was concerned about potential fallout from the trial. Thousands of National Guard troops and law enforcement officers have been on the ground in Minneapolis since March. The D.C. National Guard has been activated, roughly 250 members to support local police in response to the potential First Amendment demonstrations. Sorry, the First Amendment says peaceably assemble. So, uh, I'm not entirely convinced deploying the D.C. National Guard is about anything related to the First Amendment. Jim Shudo tweeted of CNN. You may know him. This is a remarkable statement from a sitting president on a criminal trial currently underway that I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict. The evidence is overwhelming in my view. Shudo says also of, of his call to Floyd's family. He said, I waited until the jury was sequestered and I called. They're a good family. Remarkable is one way to put it. Completely inappropriate is another but Joe Biden doesn't seem to care. He's playing politics. And I'm not going to play this what about game with Donald Trump. He's not the president anymore. We can criticize Joe Biden now. Caleb Hall tweets, CNN reporter to Saki just now, quote, yesterday, you said the White House did not want to get ahead of the jury's deliberations. But of course, the jury is delib- deliberating. So what changed? Yeah, good question. What did change? And in this instance, man, my respect to a CNN reporter for challenging the Biden administration in this capacity. They wanted to wait for jury deliberations. They didn't want to get ahead of it. But now Joe Biden is coming out and saying these things. People are going to be expecting a guilty verdict now that the president has made that statement. The evidence is overwhelming. And what are they going to get? We don't know for sure. We don't. 
But I'll tell you that I'm worried that politics is playing a role in what's happening. After Maxine Waters made her statement, most of you probably know this, National Guard a security team was, was fired upon. We now have breaking news that a man has been arrested and charged following the shooting that injured two National Guard members in Minneapolis. We don't know that this man is the one who actually shot at the National Guard. He wasn't charged with this, but the vehicle did match the description of, of the vehicle that fired, according to law enforcement. And the man was found with a gun and there were shell casings in his car. So they think, well, I, I, at least I should say they're making it seem as though this is the case. I'm highlighting this story just to give you the update and let you know that what we're talking about is serious. What's to come in the in the trial of Derek Chauvin will likely result in riots no matter what happens. And that's why everyone is getting ready. The more extreme instances of security preparedness is these following stories. D.C. National Guard activates 250 troops ahead of the Chauvin verdict. They say in a statement on Monday, the D.C. National Guard announced that it would activate approximately 250, 250 personnel to support local law enforcement in response to potential First Amendment demonstrations. The force is approved to support D.C. and law enforcement as needed. The guardsmen were specifically requested to assist police with street closures at multiple intersections in order to provide safety in and around pedestrian areas. Quote, at the request of Dr. Rodriguez, director of the D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency, the District of Columbia National Guard is in a support role to the Metropolitan Police Department, and we are prepared to help provide a safe environment for our fellow citizens to exercise their First Amendment right. Brigadier General Aaron R. Dean II, the adjutant general of D.C. National Guard, said in a statement, this is our home and we are dedicated to the safety and security of our fellow citizens of the district and their right to safely and peacefully protest. In a letter sent to the D.C. National Guard on April 8th, Christopher Rodriguez, the director of the D.C. government's Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency, requested that the Guard be activated to help the D.C. police manage crowds, block vehicles and uh, at traffic posts and provide a quick response force. Quote, the trial is expected to last three to four weeks, and there is the potential for First Amendment demonstrations to occur in D.C. in response to the verdict. These demonstrations are congruent with the demonstrations that occurred during 2020, where the district saw a large influx of participants and general disorder and criminal activity, then those are not First Amendment activities. Please be more specific. On Monday, the prosecution and defense delivered their closing arguments. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner ruled Floyd's death a homicide, but we'll see what the verdict is. Next up, we have Governor Pritzker activating Illinois National Guard Tuesday for Chauvin verdict. Governor J.B. Pritzker is activating the Illinois National Guard Tuesday at the request of the city of Chicago due to the upcoming Chauvin trial verdict. The governor's office said 125 members of the Illinois National Guard will deploy to Chicago beginning on Tuesday to support the Chicago Police Department as needed. At the request of Mayor Lightfoot, I am activating members of the Illinois National Guard to support the city in keeping our community safe, said Governor J.B. Pritzker. It is, it is critical that those who wish to peacefully protest against the, against the systemic racism and injustice that holds back too many of our communities continue to be able to do so. Members of the Guard and the Illinois State Police will support the city of Chicago's efforts to protect the rights of peaceful protesters and keep our families safe. Governor Pritzker also directed the Illinois State Police to support the Chicago Police Department with additional troopers. The troopers will work closely with Chicago Police and other local law enforcement supporting efforts to keep the community safe. Quote, our greatest priority at all times is ensuring the safety and security of the public, said Mayor Lightfoot. While there is no actionable intelligence at the time, we want to be fully prepared out of an abundance of caution. Our city has a long history of peacefully expressing its First Amendment rights, and I encourage residents to exercise their rights to free speech this coming week 
thoughtfully, respectfully, and peacefully. Soldiers assigned to this mission are from the Illinois National Guard's 33 Military Police Battalion. These individuals are specifically are specially trained in riot control operations. Last summer, 375 Illinois National Guard members were deployed to Chicago during unrest following the death of George Floyd. And we are not done. Next, Pennsylvania National Guard activated as Philly preps for potential unrest ahead of Derek Chauvin murder trial verdict. City leaders outlined plans for increased law enforcement staffing, while Governor Wolf activated more than 1,000 Pennsylvania National Guard to the city in preparation for any potential unrest. Okay, this is a mouthful, my friends. And, it, and, and this is the next big uh, metropolitan area that's activating National Guard. I don't want to just keep saying the same things over and over again. But, you know, in this instance, let me just take a break to say, I think this matters. I think it's important you know what's to come for those of you that are living in metropolitan areas. We are preparing for a hurricane, a figurative hurricane. Illinois, D.C., Pennsylvania, or I should say, you know, the Philadelphia area and Minnesota are prepared for a major, major emergency. I think in my personal opinion, there's a strong possibility. I'm trying to be careful here. It will be worse than we saw last year. It's one of the reasons I left Philadelphia. I was in the Philly suburbs on the other side of the bridge and the riders crossed the bridge. You may have heard me say something like this for those that have followed my other uh, my other segments. I don't want to be anywhere near a city. Many people have been warning to stay away from Minnesota and get out of Minneapolis if you can. Those that can't, I hope you're prepared. The Inquirer reports Philadelphia officials and community leaders Friday outlined plans for increased emergency operations and law enforcement staffing. While Governor Tom Wolf activated more than 1000 Pennsylvania National Guard members to the city, in preparation for any unrest following the verdict in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis officer. We know about this. At the request of the city, Wolf signed a proclamation of disaster Friday evening, activating the 1,000 plus state guard members to support the current efforts in Philadelphia to protect our beloved neighbors and city. The proclamation is effective for 90 days unless Wolf rescinds or extends it. The activation of the guard came after city leaders held a news conference Friday saying they learned from the large scale racial justice demonstrations and unrest in Philadelphia last spring and have developed a holistic plan to address any aftermath of the landmark Chauvin verdict. Regardless of what may develop, I am confident I am confident that our department is prepared for whatever may come our way, said police commissioner Danielle Outlaw, standing in front of the municipal services building, a flashpoint for conflict in 2020 where the statue of former mayor and police commissioner Frank Rizzo once stood and where a mural highlighting Black Lives Matter protesters was later installed last year. She said, while we made missteps along the way, we are committed to moving forward in a meaningful and productive manner. I got to highlight that mural and that that statue. These politicians are absolutely deferential to the extremists and the rioters who are taking over the justice system. The president himself is essentially calling for no justice to be found. Justice in the trial of Derek Chauvin would be the jury coming to their verdict without without interference from politicians, from rioters. But unfortunately, as we've seen all last year, we've lost any semblance of real leadership in this country. Donald Trump had some, I suppose, the willingness to stand up to the riots, to the mobs, to wokeness, to cancel culture. But it wasn't particularly good leadership. He may have done many good things. He may have had better policies than Biden. But now our country is bereft of any true leadership. The Republicans flail and do nothing. They, they, they call for censuring Maxine Waters, who has incited insurrection in this country. And mostly they repeatedly defer to the extremists. I can only, uh, I can only, I can only expect it. it's going to get bad. 
outside of Philadelphia, Utah law enforcement activists say protests likely once Chauvin verdict announced. APD is Atlanta says it's prepared for possible fallout from the Chauvin verdict. Downtown Seattle businesses prepare for possible riots while awaiting Derek Chauvin verdict. Los Angeles braces. LA braces for unrest while awaiting Derek Chauvin verdict. It is happening across this country and we can only expect it's likely to occur. So what do we do? Move out of cities. It's the best thing I can say. It's the best advice I can give. And for everyone who's trapped, lock your doors, go to the store now, pick up food and water and treat this like a hurricane. They'll likely move through suburban areas. They did it last time. They may even threaten residences. We've seen protesters in the Pacific Northwest do just that. So what can we expect and what's the time frame? Let me read a little bit from this NPR News article where they first talk about Chauvin not testifying and what we, may ex- what, we, what we can expect. Why didn't Chauvin testify, they say? If Chauvin had decided to take the stand, it could have helped present him in a more human light, perhaps by him expressing remorse. Much of what jurors have seen of Chauvin is a man sitting quietly behind a mask in the courtroom or video footage of him kneeling on Floyd. We have not seen any emotion from him, said Mary Moriarty, former chief public defender for Hennepin County, and he may not be capable of that or wanted to do that. Chauvin would have faced considerable risks had he chosen to testify. Under cross-examination, prosecutors would have pressed Chauvin to know what was going through his mind. They also would have walked him and jurors through damaging video. All this would have happened under the scrutiny of cameras and a live stream. This is being beamed all around the world. They say, how will Chauvin's decision not to not testify affect the jurors? Chauvin had a constitutional right to remain silent. Cahill will read instructions to the jury making that clear. Quote, the state must convince you by evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant is guilty of the crime charged. The defendant has no obligation to prove innocence. The defendant has the right not to testify. The right is guaranteed by the federal and state constitutions. You should not draw any inference from the fact that the defendant has not testified in this case. But legal experts say jurors probably want to hear from Chauvin. The typical thinking is if he was innocent, he'd come and tell us that, said Mark Ulser, a professor at the University of St. Thomas. How long will jury deliberations take? Now, the reason I highlighted those previous portions of this article is just to, sh- to say there is a strong possibility that the jury actually finds Chauvin guilty for a variety of reasons. Jurors and the media often hold it against people when they don't testify on their own behalf, even though there's a reason why we have the Fifth Amendment. That being said, if there is a guilty verdict, it may not be because of pressure. It may be because they genuinely believe Chauvin overstepped his bounds. The jury is allowed to draw that conclusion. But how long will this take? They say it could be anywhere from several hours to days or even weeks. As the judge said in his parting comments to jurors before closing arguments began, it's up to the jury how long you deliberate how long you need to come to a unanimous decision on any count. In, in 2017, jurors deliberated for five days before finding St. Anthony police officer Geronimo Yanez not guilty in all charges, second degree manslaughter and two counts of dangerous discharge of a firearm in the fatal shooting of Philando Castile during a traffic stop in Falcon Heights. Jurors previously told the judge they had deadlocked. In 2019, jurors in former Minneapolis, jurors in former Minneapolis police officer Mohammed Noor's murder trial reached a verdict after about 11 hours of deliberations. He was convicted of third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter for killing 911 caller Justine Ruxik. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Last year, jurors in Stillwater deliberated for about seven hours before quitting Washington County Deputy Brian Crook of manslaughter for shooting Benjamin Evans, 23, an off-duty EMT who had threatened suicide during a 2018 standoff in Lake Elmo. Besides Chauvin, Noor, Yanez, and Crook are the only Minnesota law enforcement officers to have been tried for an on-duty death. Washington County Attorney Pete Orput has charged former Brooklyn Center officer Kim Potter with manslaughter in the April shooting of Dante Wright. Will the jury be sequestered? Yes. So the juries are the jurors are sequestered. They say they will be isolated in a hotel while they work towards a verdict. The judge is allowing the jury to view the trial exhibits, including video footage through a laptop computer and a large monitor, rather than having them return to the courtroom. The jurors will be able to submit questions to the judge by Zoom. Porter said the desire of Porter said the desire of sequestered jurors to return home to their lives and families can sometimes be a motivating factor in their speed. I think they mean Cahill. Porter was the cop who got arrested, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that is Porter. Potter was the cop who got arrested. Okay. So this is uh, Porter making the statement. They say, to what extent is the jury aware of the fatal police shooting of Dante Wright? Jurors probably know something about it. They have been told to avoid the news, but the fallout from the Wright killing, including nights of tear gas, curfews, and instances of looting, has again thrust Minnesota into the national spotlight. News of the curfews also went out on cell phone alerts. At least one juror lives in Brooklyn Center, while others have connection to the Minneapolis suburbs, according to Chauvin's attorney. He made an unsuccessful request for sequestration. So I'd like to point out, imagine being a juror in this trial. Imagine, live, where do you live? Where do you live? Do you know, do you live in a big city? Maybe you don't. Maybe you live in a suburb, or maybe you have family who does. When you heard about the riots in New York, Chicago, LA, across this country, didn't you text your loved ones asking them if they were okay and if they had locked their doors and if they were paying attention? You probably did, didn't you? Don't you think the jurors likely were worried? They knew they had to have known riots were happening. It's not about the news. It's about people talking to each other. And I can only imagine they called their family and said, are you okay? I can only imagine their families then said, this city is going to burn. I can only imagine that many of the jurors know they will be targeted and their families will be targeted. I think it's a strong possibility of a guilty verdict on all counts. And I wonder what that means for the police. They have been trying to defund the police and abolish them. Well, short of that working, which it didn't, the next thing you can do is just get all of the cops to walk away. Now, in my opinion, I think the cops should. I think it's a win-win for everybody. The activists don't want cops. The locals don't defend the cops. And if the jury is willing to convict a cop, then y'all need to quit. They say that they're protecting those who are too scared to speak up. Sorry, I'm not a fan of that logic. 
If the city votes for Kamala and Biden, if Biden says, Chauvin, it's overwhelming. We know what the right verdict is. And he calls the Floyd family. They are against you as police officers. Why are you there? I also think about it this way. Imagine there's like someone doing something, just a, a, a random task, and the city votes for this person to stop and they don't. At a certain point, you need to realize that your own community hates your guts. They're not willing to defend you. Maybe there are people who do like you as an officer. They say, I like the cops, but they're not, they don't like you enough to actually say anything or do anything. You have no support. You have very little support. At what point do the police just say enough? I'm out. Right now, they're bringing in cops from outside jurisdictions. Many of these cops are likely just coming here because it's a paycheck. And therein lies the problem. So long as there are cops who don't care about the community, don't care what people say, it will just keep getting worse. Fine. That means we're going to see way more riots. Now, you could just rip the bandaid off and have cops say, I'm not getting involved. I wonder what happens now if these riots erupt. And then one of these cops from Ohio comes in and then he uses a less lethal weapon, kills a protester. And then they say, we're prosecuting you because you shouldn't have done it. You know what? What do you what do you expect? What do you expect? Imagine running into a burning building. Another, we'll do another burning building analogy. And instead of the fire, instead of the, 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 the fire chief saying, we're going to give you support, they shut the water off while you're in the middle of the burning building. And then they close the door on you. Why would you do it? Look, I get it. It's one thing if you're like, I'm going to run into a burning building to save people. But what happens when the entire system, the residents, the politicians oppose what you are doing as an officer? Oh, sure. Behind closed door, they might say, thank you so much for everything you do. And then in public, they'll say, let them burn. So you're going to run into a conflict, into a riot where you could face life in prison and have everything around you destroyed and your family threatened. For what reason do you take that risk? Guess it's a paycheck. Well, I'll tell you this. If you could see everything they're doing and you could see that they're willing to sacrifice these officers and you're willing to defend that, well, then you get what happens. you like, you deserve it. You chose it. If the people of Minneapolis vote for Biden and Kamala, the people who support the rioters, and then their house burns down, they voted for it. Like, how am I going to go to imagine if someone voted to have like, I don't know, like, like sewage dumped on their lawn. Like literally it was like, I demand it happen. Okay. Then when it happens, why would I assume they're upset about it? They're voting for this stuff. They have the, the, the police are, are, are not wanted in these communities. So then why are they there? Why do, why, why do they do it? Who are they protecting? When the riots break out, we see the cops defend police departments. That's the stupidest thing ever. You're, you're, you're giving the target for the rioters. You're voted against. I just think it's absurd at this point. I think people don't respect the police and don't, don't respect what they, what they offer the community and what they're doing. And if that's the case, then maybe, maybe the cops should just say y'all are on your own. You know, I know, I, I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, but there's people here who do support us. Dude, if they're not willing to go outside and march, if they're not willing to even sit on their porch or put a Blue Lives Matter flag up, they're not. They're absolutely not willing to do it. Some people are. Well, then, I don't care what they say behind closed doors. They don't support you. It, I, I, I hear from people all the time where they message me saying, I oppose all this wokeness and cancel culture, Tim, but I can't speak up. I'm scared. I'm like, then you don't really oppose it. You just personally don't like it but you'd prefer it over any real risk to yourself. Nah, 
with 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 pot with great power comes great responsibility. And that means that any power or any privilege comes with responsibility. You want a safe community? Then you have a responsibility to make sure that you 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 help the police. If you don't like the police, you have a responsibility to speak up. I'll tell you this, at the very least the left is not backing down. The right and those who support cops ain't doing anything in these places. For the most part. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. The verdict come any moment. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. You may have heard that Maxine Waters made a threat against the jurors in the Chauvin trial this past weekend. It was big news. Now there are some Republicans calling for her to be expelled, Marjorie Taylor Greene. There's calls for her censure, and even some Democrats may be getting on board. Maxine Waters basically said that if they don't get a first-degree murder conviction— which Chauvin wasn't charged with, they have to get more active and more confrontational. As you know, they've already been rioting. It's been pretty serious. There's been, I just, I guess, mass gunshots. You just hear these videos where it's like 30 gunshots ringing out. I don't think these people need to get any more confrontational. In fact, they need to tone things down. Well, Maxine Waters basically made a threat against the jury. That's the way it was stated, uh, essentially, in the trial. And the judge in the case, Judge Cahill, said that the statements from Maxine Waters very well may overturn the entire trial which is a shocking admission. Now, Maxine Waters has the gall to go on CNN and claim it never happened. They never said it. Don't, don't, don't trust what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears. It never happened. No, 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 they didn't. They didn't say that. And CNN's like, yeah, the judge literally said they might overturn the trial because of what you did. I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. I don't know if it's Maxine Waters just being really old and not being able to like think clearly and understand what's going on. You know, not, with all due respect, I mean, look, you're not, you're not as sharp as you used to be, Kerosene Maxine. She's from California. She comes to this riot zone and she tells people to get more active and more confrontational. Of course, Black Lives Matter supporters are saying that she never called for violence and she's talking about civil rights, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I don't care. Even Chris Eliza of CNN wrote an op-ed saying Maxine Waters just made everything go from bad to worse or something to that effect. And he's right. She made a volatile situation much worse. Yes, she did. So you might even see some Democrats joining Kevin McCarthy. But I'll tell you this. You know, I don't blame Maxine Waters for being a bombastic uh, inciter of insurrection necessarily. First and foremost, yes, that's her fault for doing it. Uh, Okay, okay, let let me rephrase that. It's her fault for inciting insurrection. That I understand. But the problems that we're seeing, well, at a certain point, responsibility of the courts has to come into play. The defense was asking for sequestration of the jury for a very long time, and the judge repeatedly denied it. Uh, you know, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed on this. I thought Judge Cahill was a, was, is a pretty good dude. I've been watching this trial. I think he's been pretty fair and reasonable, and he's trying to do a good job. But now I question his capabilities. He was told this is a major story with unprecedented press attention, and that judge is like, so what? And the state says, these other riots have nothing to do with this case. The jury understands that. Dude, one of the jurors lives in the city where the riots are happening, Brooklyn Center. And the judge goes, uh, yesterday, I believe that was an alternate who he dismissed. And the defense goes, no, your honor, I'm no. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, I believe that's not true, your honor. And the judge is like, oh, I'll have to, you know, are you sure? And Nelson's, the defense is like, I'll check. I didn't even know. They didn't even know one of the jurors lives in the city where they're rioting, has to commute through the riots. The people coming to this trial for, for Chauvin are driving past boarded up windows. It's, it's shocking to me that the judge is admitting 
Maxine Waters statements could cause the whole trial to be overthrown, overturned. And yet he's the one who denied sequestration. Let me go back in time. Then I'll show you what Maxine Waters had the gall to say. We're going to jump way back to November 5th, 2020. Judge Floyd trial will stay in Minneapolis and can be live streamed. Defense attorneys wanted the trial to be relocated out of concerns about safety and an impartial jury. Amazing. The defense knew exactly what needed to happen. Judge said no. Wow. This is from, remember, November of last year. They say in a number of other rulings, Cahill also joined the trials of four other officers, uh, joined the trials of four other officers together, blah, blah, blah. So I just, I can't believe that we can go back. We go back this far and we know exactly what's going on. They were, they should have been sequestered the whole time. Defense attorneys for the former officers had argued the trial should be moved, pointing to protesters who harassed attorneys and defendants following previous hearings. While Kale said he finds those safety concerns credible, he said they don't support a change of venue, but better safety planning. Moving venue to a smaller county will not assuage the defendant's security concerns, but instead is likely to heighten those concerns because the relevant courthouse would certainly be smaller than the Hennepin County Government Center. Defense attorneys had also argued the pre-trial, that pretrial publicity may have caused potential jurors to be biased. But Cahill said no corner of the state of Minnesota has been shielded from pretrial publicity regarding the death of George Floyd and that moving the trial likely wouldn't make a difference. Cahill said he's willing to, recon- to reconsider as the case develops. Floyd's family, many supporters opposed moving the trials, as we understand. Quote, massive pretrial publicity is no longer a compelling factor to move a trial in the age of Internet. It's an interesting point, but it's, it, they're basically saying because the Internet is so pervasive and powerful, we just should give up on the rights of the individual, the right to a fair trial. I'm sorry, I, I, I do not believe that is a fair thing to say. In a number of other rulings Thursday, Cahill also joined the trials of other four officers, outlined a plan for keeping jurors anonymous and partially sequestered during the trial and announced he will he will allow the trial to be live streamed. Now, that was cool. I'm glad he allowed the trial to be live streamed. But partial sequestration basically just meant he told the jury, please avoid media about the case. That's it. Please avoid media about the case. The defense said later on just the other day, like, even when you're watching TV shows, they're talking about George Floyd. This was last week. Chauvin trial judge denies request for jury sequestration after police shooting. Incredible. On April 12th, it was reported by NPR. The defense said, please sequester the jury, meaning they don't get access to information. They need to be impartial as the facts stand and not be influenced by threats or riots or news. And the judge said, no. And now here we are. My words don't matter. Maxine Waters brushes off Chauvin judge who warned that her calls for BLM protests to be more confrontational could overturn a whole case after defense accused her of intimidating the jury. It's a fair accusation, in my opinion. They say Congresswoman Maxine Waters denied on Monday interfering in the trial of Derek Chauvin as the jury retired, claiming that the judge overseeing the former policeman's case said her provocative words don't matter, despite his condemning her actions in court as abhorrent. Waters, a Democrat representing California, sparked outrage by traveling to Minneapolis on Saturday and urging protesters to get more confrontational if Chauvin was acquitted. Her remarks on the eve of the jury retiring to consider its verdict were widely condemned and may, it emerged, have handed Chauvin's defense grounds for appeal and the turning over of any guilty verdict. That is a Democrat who did that. They may find this man guilty and then a couple weeks later, whatever, appeal, boom, free to go. Mistrial, whatever. I don't know. And then what? More riots? You betcha. When pressed, this is, this is amazing. 
Yet Waters, 82, defiantly insisted on Monday afternoon that she stood by her words. The judge says my words don't matter, she told CNN, in one of the most bald faced lies we have ever seen from a politician. Just straight up saying, uh uh, not true. When pressed on the judge stating that her remarks could be grounds for appeal, she replied, oh no, no, they didn't. These people are sick. You know, you know, it's really sad to me, though. Maxine Waters knows that she can spit in your face and she'll still get elected. Isn't it great how this system works? How dumb. She's in what, like a D plus 20 district. She's not going to lose because the people there don't care about politics and they vote for her for no good reason. And then she lies. And so what? She insisted she was entirely justified in her call to action, saying the whole civil rights movement is confrontational. We're, I mean, yeah, but like burning down buildings and throwing bricks. OK, you know what, man? Earlier on Monday, Waters' comments were seized upon by Chauvin's legal team and criticized by the judge. Speaking after the jury was sent out Monday afternoon, Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, once again made a bid to have the case against his client thrown out on the grounds there was no way the jury could be untainted by the excessive publicity surrounding the case. Now that we have U.S. US representatives threatening acts of violence in relation to this trial, it's frankly mind-blowing. Taking, into con- taking it into consideration, Judge Peter Cahill said, I grant that Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. Judge Cahill denied Nelson's move from mistrial, but he said, I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case. They should respect a co-equal branch of government. He said that a failure to do so was abhorrent, but added, I don't think it's given additional material with which to prejudice the jury. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. All right, that's it. Judge Cahill is like trying to get a, a guilty verdict. I think I think the, 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 the politics of this case are do everything you can to get Chauvin to, 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 to lock him up. It's really amazing. I got to be honest. When I'm seeing this, this story from back in November talking about the officers and what they've been charged with, let me, let me show you something. In this photo, they say, former Minneapolis police officer Thomas Lane leaves the Hennepin County Family Justice Center after a pretrial hearing on September 11th in Minneapolis. Lane is charged with aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. Aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter. And now that we know that the officers were seriously struggling with Floyd, now that we know that according to police protocol, they were entitled to use more force than they did, not that they should have, they're still trying to make it seem like these people were out to cause a death. The most amazing thing to me is that the only thing they could they could do to make this case happen was charge Chauvin with felony assault. The only possible way they could try and get a murder charge against him was the felony murder rule. OK, if a cop is getting a priority call to detain someone who's actively resisting and almost actively aggressing because Floyd was kicking, not like kicking people in the face, but like he was on the ground and he was like kicking his legs up and down there trying to hold his legs down. It was near active aggression. And that's what we heard from the, def- of the prosecution's own witness. And so they're trying to hold him to the ground. Meanwhile, people are crowding around and screaming. Are you saying that officers aren't allowed to detain someone and it's assault? It's the most psychotic thing I've ever heard. The officers are instructed to do a job to arrest somebody. I'm not saying they should or it's good. I'm saying if you've got a problem with the system, the system is at fault. In the end, no matter what happens, the state wins. Let me tell you why. This officer, Chauvin, and the four other officers detain George Floyd. They hold him down. If Chauvin is convicted, literally the state prosecution gets their scapegoat and says, aha, we win. If Chauvin wins, 
then the state is basically winning on the grounds that the officers are allowed to do what they do. If you have a problem with what the officers did, then you shouldn't be happy no matter what happens. And I see people saying, no, the people win if Chauvin is convicted. No, literally, it's the state versus Chauvin. The state literally wins on paper if Chauvin goes to prison. If Chauvin doesn't go to prison, then the state wins on the grounds the police department was justified in their use of force. Now, I'm not saying they weren't. That's a different argument. It's a political argument. I'm saying the activists should be more focused on that. Instead, they just want a symbol to attack. They want Chauvin. They don't care about the police department. I mean, they want to abolish the police. That's, that's, that's fair. But what does it matter if, if Chauvin is the guy who, goes, who, who gets arrested? It's a waste of time. It's a scapegoat. They're going to say, see, we arrested the guy. He committed the crime. It's basically the state saying, it's his fault. His heart was too small. Bro, you hire these people and you tell them what to do. Now you're claiming it's assault, it's felony assault to put a guy in the ground who's actively resisting. What would have happened if Chauvin used a taser? He's a, he, the, 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 the prosecution's a witness said he was allowed to do it. It's incredible. So now because they were trying to detain a guy who was resisting, they're, act, they're, they're charging the other, other three, four cops, I think it is, with aiding and abetting a manslaughter. This is absolute insanity. I'm not happy with the system. I'm not a fan of the current police system as we have it or the criminal justice system. I think it needs reform. I do think it's better than most countries. Don't get me wrong. Our prison system needs to be completely overhauled. Yeah, man, I look at Norway and they got a good prison system. Sure, we need to make changes, you know, but now we're going to have riots. Waters, they're going to say, had joined protests in Minneapolis suburb of Brooklyn Center on Saturday night for a demonstration over the death of Dante Wright. Waters told the protesters that she will fight for justice on their behalf and urge them to get more confrontational just one day after riots. They say protests descended into violence. I hope we get a verdict that says guilty, 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 she said. And if we don't, we cannot go away. We've got to stay in the street. We've got to we, 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 we get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure they know that we mean business. The important thing that's omitted from most of the quotes is that she specifically said it's first degree murder. It's first degree murder. She, that, that means premeditation. That means Chauvin looked at Floyd and decided to kill the man. They're going to say Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell likewise went after Waters on Monday telling colleagues it's harder to imagine anything more inappropriate than a member of Congress flying in from California to inform local leaders, not so subtly, that this defendant had better be found guilty or else there will be big trouble in the streets. Kentucky Republican, the Kentucky Republican said that Waters demand for a guilty verdict was like somebody window shopping or ordering off a menu. Every single American deserves a fair trial. This is sacred. You do, not, you do not balance the scales of justice by trying to tip them. The top Senate Republican noted that though much of the country's quest for civil rights and equal justice has been the fight to get rid of extrajudicial violence, to get rid of uh, rigged trials where the outcome was modeled by public sentiment or angry mob, it is beyond the pale for a sitting member of the United States Congress to look at what happened last summer and imply that there should be some kind of sequel if a legal case does not unfold as she thinks it should. Kevin McCarthy is going a little bit further. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy took her criticism even further, saying that he is introducing a motion to censure Waters and claimed that up to 15 Democrats could vote for the motion. So what? Marjorie Taylor Greene, for all her faults, is the only one actually doing anything. Censure? Do you guys know what censure means? It means they're going to go, oh, crazy magazine, don't you say those things. That's it. They bring her up. She sits down and they say, we are outraged. Have a nice day, ma'am. Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to get her expelled. But you know what, man? It's performative trash. The Republican Party is trash. I don't care. They're garbage. They've been garbage forever, as long as I've known. 
And I think it's funny when people are like, but it's better, you know, we can't let the Democrats win. Fair point. The Democrats are worse in a lot of ways. But you know what I can give the the Democrats credit for? Maxine Waters flew out and tried inciting an insurrection, or I should say incited insurrection that was ongoing. Like they're, they're burning down. They're trying to set fire to police stations. They've literally set fire to police stations. They opened fire or someone opened fire on National Guardsmen. Certain point, that's insurrection. And it was only a few hours after, after Maxine Waters said this, that happened. So what do the Republicans do? Oh, we're going to wag our finger at this lady. <laughs> wow. Good job. I think it was funny. I think it was Jack Posobiec. He tweeted something like Republicans would be moving to expel or impeach you know, someone like uh, Trump if he said something, anything close to what Maxine Waters said. You know it. The Republicans are basically Democrat light, where for the most part, they just say, they, they pretend like they're opposed to Democrats, but do nothing in actuality to stop anything the Democrats do. Like, think about how pathetic Kevin McCarthy is right now calling for censure. Is that it? Is that all you can muster? Then you don't deserve to win elections. Sorry, I don't care. A lot of people tell me, Tim, you have to be responsible and vote for Republicans because, you know, the Democrats and the wokeness and the critical theory and the lies and deception. I get the point. I get the point. But sorry, it's like, Am I going to am I going to vote for someone and pretend like we're actually getting security in this country when the Democrats are talking uh, when Maxine Waters literally calls for for violence and tries to incite an insurrection? The Republicans go, I'm going to wag my finger. The Democrats literally impeached Donald Trump when he wasn't the president or I'm sorry, he was. And then the trial happened after he wasn't. The Democrats are willing to go nuclear to such an extent they will try to convict someone who isn't even the president anymore. Meanwhile, the Republican Party sits there and says, oh, crazy magazine, we're going to we're going to bring you in and we're going to yell at you. How incredible is that, man? Republicans, you know, I don't know if Republicans were were more adamant back in the day, but I can tell you this. Mitch McConnell is saying a whole lot of nothing. Do we really need to hear from Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy saying uh, what everyone already knows and thinks and then do nothing about it? Incredible. Do nothing about it. Okay. Okay. So so you want me to go vote in 2022? I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Maybe a lot of people are pointing out, you don't know how how bad it's going to get. You know, it's 2021, blah, blah, blah. All right. So maybe in a year and a half, we'll see. But I'm, I'm leaning towards, I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Look, Donald Trump was something different. I don't like Donald Trump for a lot of reasons, but I supported a lot of the policies he was proposing. And at least he opposed the critical race theory nonsense and opposed the rioting. That's something we need better than what Biden offers. Biden's making everything worse. I thought the riots were supposed to stop once Biden became president. No, apparently in Biden's America, it's even worse because now it's not about Trump. Now it's just proof the whole thing was was a farce the whole time. And they're just violent people. So you want me to come in 2022 and vote for these Republicans? I don't know, man. Maybe. But I, I, I look at what, what, what they do with power. Nothing. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of everyone's time. At a certain point, if they're not supporting us, why would I support them? And I, again, I get it. Some people are like, at least you're closing the door on Democrats for the time being. They may not be pulling people out of the burning building, but they're, you know, stopping the fire from spreading a little bit. And I'm like, nah, it's a waste of my time. The only way the Republicans are going to learn is if people just stop voting for them. The Democrats are going to keep winning because they just lie all the time. Maxine Waters goes on CNN and says, judge never said that. Nope. Judge didn't say that. Didn't happen. Amazing. I'm impressed that people believe this woman. So I don't know what you'd expect of me. 
just to blindly be like, I must support the Republicans because Democrats are bad is just it's not a good it's not it's not something I think is 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 reasonable. Now, this this week, we've already seen large protests. We've already seen the uh, uh, thousands of National Guard get deployed and things seemed fairly calm yesterday. I'm not I, I think even I, I think no matter what happens, there will be some kind of riot. But I, I do believe I would lean towards this. If Chauvin is convicted on all counts, I think there won't be very serious riots. I really don't. I think it might be moderate. I think you might see raucous protests and clashes with cops. I don't think it'll be like the entire city burning to the ground. If he's acquitted in any capacity in any of the charges, murder two, murder three, whatever, then I think they light everything up. They burn to the ground. Now, I was hanging out with uh, DC Riot Bros, Jorge Ventura and, and Richie McGinnis the other day on the IRL podcast, and they weren't necessarily of the opinion that things will get worse. And I think they make a good point. And I'll, 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 I'll say it in my own words because I don't want to put words in their mouth. We had this lockdown going on for a long time, you know, several months, and people were losing their minds. Now things have kind of eased a whole lot. Jobs are coming back and people feel a bit more stable now. Back, back last year when the riots reached the worst we'd seen in years and decades, people had nothing to do, nowhere to go. And so they were out in the streets. Now people are working a bit, not completely. Some of these cities are still locked down quite a bit. But people have gotten back to their lives a little bit, which may mean this won't be nearly as bad. But I think if they acquit Chauvin of all counts, then you better, you better get ready. You better get ready for what's coming for Minnesota and the rest of this country. Acquitted of all, on, on all counts, free to go. That means the other cops are getting let go as well. And the media has been lying to the American public for so long that they think Chauvin is about to get convicted on all counts. They really believe that. I don't think the state's proven their case. Several legal analysts have said something similar. So we'll see, man. We will see. I think politics plays a role. I think Maxine Waters did tank the jury. And I think it's possible we get a political guilty verdict. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say because, it's, you know, if, if he's proven guilty, I'll be like, you, you know, everyone will say this. Oh, you see, you know, the, the jury was tainted. Uh, maybe they just found him guilty. Maybe they genuinely believed he did something wrong because the prosecution didn't you know, blow the entire case. They, they made some good points that may have swayed the jury for sure. Hung jury is possible. And no matter what happens, everyone's going to say, I knew it. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at, uh, next segment's coming up on this channel at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. I'm sure you saw the story about Officer Sicknick. The media reported that he died because he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher and that became the big narrative that the pro-Trump riot insurrection killed a cop. And when I first heard the news, it was reported by the New York Times. And so my attitude was anger. I was, I was pissed off. Why would you go and try and storm this building and, and, and kill a cop? Why would you hit him in the head? Why would any of this happen? Now, it's true. A lot of these people did some really dumb things and they did attack cops. And I thought it was stupid. This idea that people thought they could go into a building and that would somehow change things. What, what year do you think it is? It's not the 1700s or 1800s where you occupy a building and now you're the government. It's not how it works. But anyway, it turned out the story wasn't true. In fact, it was, I think, even like a couple days later, local media reported that Officer Sicknick died of a stroke. Now, I mean this in no way to be disrespectful to, uh, to, disrespectful to uh, Officer Sicknick and his family. A death is a tragedy. It's a sad story. And my condolences, seriously. But the media pushed the narrative well past the point where we knew, or I should say it should have been known to them, that Sicknick died of a stroke. We have a new, uh, a breaking story, which you may have seen. Medical examiner finally releases Officer Sicknick cause of death. 
And when it happened, and the news is natural causes, natural causes, it was a stroke. It's a sad story. They said that there was no allergic reaction to any bear spray or tear gas or anything like that. I believe they do mention that the stresses in this moment does, you know, contribute to his condition, but so would anything else. And it's entirely possible had the insurrection or whatever you want to call it not happened, he probably still would have lost his life. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to know. But the bigger issue is CNN remains adamant. CNN still, CNN's New Day defends capital right coverage after ruling on Brian Sicknick's death. This doesn't change what happened on the 6th. Of course they would defend it. Of course they can't just own up and say, maybe we should have pulled back on this narrative a little bit. It's the nature of the media these days. As most of you are, are, are probably aware, CNN has built, has, has destroyed their, any semblance of credibility they've ever had. And I'll admit in the past four or five years, even before Trump, they didn't have a whole lot, but they destroyed it completely. I used to watch CNN and I used to take it for what it was. Corporate establishment news. That meant they were very much in favor of protecting the establishment, but you knew you'd still get some information that was worth listening to. And then Trump happened and they decided to sell out in an extreme way. Orange Man Bad became their bread and butter and they lost viewers like me. I'm not like the biggest fan of CNN, but as I I tell you often, I used to have CNN running in the background 24-7, as many other newsrooms do. And I would do this because when breaking news happened, I I would trust that CNN would run the story about breaking news. Well, sure enough, as the narrative shifted from breaking news into complaining about Trump, it became talk radio. If I want to listen to progressive talk radio, I will. I'm not going to turn on CNN for that. So I had to change the channel. Now, these people who still watch CNN are, I don't know what the right word is for it, but they live in a paranoid delusional state. They can't let this go. They can't admit things aren't as bad as they, as, as they think. You take a look at how Google operates. We have ongoing riots. We have the Chauvin trial. What's really important right now? A state of emergency being declared, which, you know, I'll cover in the next segment over at TimCast.com. But instead, CNN is talking about Trump and the Capitol. And to me, it's absolutely insane. You know, they're trapped in the past. I still have a lot of people who want to talk about the election. They say, Tim, why don't you talk about what happened in November with the election? I'm like, bro, I got to be honest. It's been like five or six months already. Joe Biden is the president. Let's focus on the breaking news. Keep the past in, in our minds for context. But we can't just sit here complaining about the same thing over and over again. Some people do. They can't let it go. Well, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to tell you about what's the break, what's going on and what's changing and what will affect you. And this is one of those stories. Town Hall reports the Washington, D.C. medical examiners finally released the cause of death for Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick for months. The media narrative without evidence held Trump supporters responsible for his murder. Today, it was revealed Sicknick died the day after January 6th from natural causes after suffering two strokes. The examiner said there was no evidence to suggest Sicknick was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher or had a reaction to chemical chemical irritants deployed against him. There's a viral video where you can see someone throw a fire extinguisher and it hits a cop in the head who's wearing a helmet. And it was like a glancing hit. And when people were sharing that, I was like, I'm, I'm confused. Is that what they're claiming? Like, I don't I'm sorry, man. Like, I understand, like, you can hit someone in the head not too hard and, and cause permanent damage or kill them. But was that video supposed to be out? No, it wasn't even him, apparently. Quote, in an interview with the Washington Post, Francisco J. Diaz, the medical examiner, said the autopsy found no evidence the 42-year-old officer suffered an allergic reaction to chemical irritants, which Diaz said would have caused Sicknick's throat to quickly seize. 
Diaz also said there was no evidence of internal or external injuries. The dude didn't even have any injuries. Sicknick collapsed after returning to his office during the riot and died about eight hours later on January 7th. Diaz said Sicknick suffered two strokes at the base of his brainstem caused by a clot in an artery that supplies blood to that area of the body. Diaz said he could not comment on whether Sicknick had a pre-existing medical condition, citing privacy laws. I'll just, I'll just put it this way. I really don't know uh, how blood clots could form or, or when, but I have, to, uh, I have to state something must have happened that day. You know, if he collapsed that day, something must have happened before all this went down where he had the, the recipe, I guess, the condition for a blood clot. And it was, it's a sad story, man. Michael Tracy said, quote, they killed a cop was repeated ad nauseum to drive home the narrative that everyone had to be extra fearful of the January 6th insurrection and accept all extreme retaliatory actions in its wake. Add that to the never ending stack of discredited falsehoods. Sicknick died of natural causes. Matt Walsh says, I speculated about this months ago and was shouted down, but it wasn't random speculation. I know media BS when I hear it. And there were all kinds of red flags around the Sicknick story. Once again, those skeptical of the mainstream narrative are vindicated. Well, you, you know that I don't play the same stupid games for the most part as the mainstream media. I'm not going to pretend like I'm special or, or innocent. I think there are things I do that are probably bad. I try to do my best. I certainly won't play the dirty game the media does. I will actually show you CNN's report before we talk about CNN's obsession with this trash. And I'll show you what CNN says and what you would believe if you're actually watching and reading CNN. Officer Sicknick suffered strokes and died of natural causes, DC Medical Examiner says. I got to admit, right off the bat, that title, pretty good. But let's read. They say, the medical examiner, Francisco Diaz, didn't note any evidence that Sicknick had an allergic reaction, which we already read. They say, still, Diaz told the newspaper that all that transpired on January 6th played a role in his condition. You see how they do that? But what you need to understand, maybe it played a role the same as going for a jog would have played a role. It's a sad story about a guy who had a stroke. Um, you know, I, I got to be honest. I might pretend or I might try and claim about how good I am at fact checking the media and calling them out, but I believe them all too often. And there are people who criticize me for doing so. I don't know what else you expect me to do. You know, when we see a story and they say something, you know, we, we've confirmed X, Y, or Z, all I can really do is say this is coming from these news outlets. Now, keep in mind, I do fact check them often. I do avoid many of the stories that make claims that can be easily fact checked. But when they come out, the New York Times and say definitively law enforcement sources say this two people, you know, two law enforcement individuals who knew Sicknick, blah, blah, blah. I have no reason to think they're lying. But now I suppose I do. Now I suppose I do. I try to be more careful, but I, I, I will freely admit this. My commentary and my opinions are based upon the same mainstream news sources that are often putting out these falsehoods and then defending their reporting when it comes out. They were falsehoods. What do you what do you do? That's the challenge. No matter what, we still operate under the under 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 the assumption that some of these news outlets are at least trying to be factual. CNN reports the ruling all but ensures that the Justice Department won't be able to pursue homicide charges in Sicknick's death. In March, two men, Julian Elliott Catter, 32 of Pennsylvania, and George Pierre Tanios, 39 of West Virginia, were arrested and charged with assaulting Sicknick. Now they won't be charged with murder. Attorneys for Cater and Tanios declined to comment. The pair traveled to D.C. We get that. Prosecutors say Cater and Tanios brought bear spray that wasn't intended for use toward humans. Then Cater grabbed it during a siege in retaliation toward police protecting the Capitol. 
He allegedly sprayed three officers in the face, including Sicknick, causing them all to have have to take time out from manning the police barrier. Tanios is alleged to have brought the bear spray in a backpack. Both defendants have pleaded not guilty. Capitol Police said in a statement Monday that the department accepts the findings from the office of the medical examiner, but this does not change the fact that Officer Brian Sicknick died in the line of duty, courageously defending Congress and the Capitol. You see the games they play? It was natural causes. Listen, when George Floyd died, they said that it was cardiopulmonary arrest, complicating law enforcement subdual. Paraphrasing, I'm not a medical examiner. So what they're basically saying is that George Floyd suffered, uh, the medical examiner, it sounds like, his, his, his heart stopped because of what the police were doing. Why don't you just say natural causes? One medical expert testified the result would be undetermined. We don't know. There's too many complicating factors. But the defense, I'm sorry, the prosecution is adamant that it was Chauvin who killed the man. Why don't we just say that George Floyd, you know, died from natural causes the way they're doing here with Sicknick? Honestly, I'm not the medical examiner, so I can't tell you. But I find it interesting that they're going to say he died in line of duty, perhaps as a, as a show of respect. They laid him to rest in the, you know, they, they had the ceremony in the Capitol building. But I think it's mostly political. I think they won't just say dude had a stroke because sometimes people have strokes. They won't say it because it undermines their narrative. They say the Justice Department has charged more than 100 defendants for assaulting officers during the riot. This we get. You know, I, I want to point out something. Uh, uh, I want to point out before we, before we go and talk about CNN and their defense of this stuff, I want to talk about the media. I want to talk about a journalist for the Huffington Post named Ryan Riley. Ryan Riley uh, is a reporter and uh, I follow him. I see his tweets from time to time and I think they're fine. It's fine journalism. What he's been doing lately is covering those getting charged and arrested for the uh, January 6 uh, events at the Capitol. So he'll show the, the picture of the person, what they were charged with. He'll show the photo of them in the, in the building and report on their charges. And I think that's fine. I started thinking about this, though, which is really interesting because the left, you know, they love the reporting he's doing. Andy No does exactly the same thing. That's right. Andy No does exactly the same thing as this Huffington Post reporter. When Antifa gets arrested, he posts their photo and says, here's what they've been charged with. Here's what, you know, what they were doing. What's the difference? The difference is political tribalism. The difference is control of the establishment. And this is why I think progressives, even though in many ways they disagree with the establishment, progressives will side with the establishment because they know they can gain power from it. The establishment will side with the far left, the woke and the progressives because they gain power from it. And that's and that's it. The media can can push a narrative and say Andy No is a provocateur, he's far right, he's doxing people, and they'll defend defend Antifa and run their quotes when it's like Antifa says that the activists fear he's putting them at risk by sharing their information. All right, well what about Ryan Riley? Are you, are you going to call him out for doing the same thing? No. Because no one cares about the Trump supporters. No one cares if they're being abused at the hands of security guards or police or correctional officers. Nobody cares that there's been like one serious event from the right, but there's been an ongoing insurrection from the left for, for a year, basically. And I mean it, insurrection. Insurrection's general definition is an uprising against authority. So you want to call the Capitol an insurrection? Sure. But we need to recognize the insurrection that is the ongoing Black Lives Matter and Antifa stuff that's been happening for a lot longer has, has killed way more people and destroyed way more property. They don't care about that, though. Here's Mediaite. CNN's New Day defends Capitol riot coverage after ruling on Brian Sicknick's death. This doesn't change what happened on January 6th. It literally does. When you report that someone was killed on January 6th and then we learn he wasn't, that literally changes what happened, doesn't it? 
Media Reports, CNN's John Berman and Brian Stelter stood by their networks reporting on the storming of the U.S. Capitol following the newly released medical review on the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. On Tuesday, New Day covered the Washington, D.C. Chief Medical Examiner's determination that Sicknick suffered two strokes and died from natural causes. Uh, we'll skip over this part because we know it. As the show covered the Sicknick Medical Review, Berman turned to Brian Stelter and said, this doesn't change what happened on January 6th. This doesn't change the fact of the insurrection. It literally does. In one story, they threw a, they, they bashed a, a, a cop over there with a fire extinguisher and killed him. In another, the cop left and then due to natural causes, suffered strokes and died. It's, it's a pretty different story, I gotta say. Berman conceded afterwards that the news does mark a departure from what we suspected at the beginning and over the course of time here. In the media coverage of the insurrection, however, he decried what he labeled an effort among some in conservative media and on the right in general to just rewrite or deny that January 6th happened at all. And that's a lie. That's absolutely a lie. Every single mainstream prominent conservative has been, for the most part, criticizing those from January 6th, those who stormed the building and those who engaged in this behavior. They've been heavily criticized. Many have been ostracized. This is a lie. I find it fascinating. When I put up a story that is opinionated but true, I get a fact check on Facebook. They say, this is false. I did one segment where I was talking about the alternate electors from one state casting their votes unofficially, but still nonetheless casting their votes. I pointed out how there was in in the race between, I think, Nixon and Kennedy, that Hawaii had the same thing happen that the electors cast their votes and then an unofficial slate cast theirs. But then when they did it, when they like did a recount or whatever, they realized the unofficial was actually the true number. And then the, the you know, I think Nixon, who was a vice president, counted it and said, OK, it's good. I was making that point that while it's not officially, you know, when, when the Republicans cast their electoral ballots, they weren't official in any capacity. These things have happened in the past. I got a fact check on that. They said I was wrong. I was, it was fake news. And I was like, nothing that I said was fake news. GOP electors cast, cast uh, their ballots. And as, what am I supposed to put in this like 500 word title that doesn't offer those things? Facebook doesn't allow you to put too many, uh, you know, you can't have too many characters or whatever for YouTube and Twitter. So I simplified and then opened with saying it was unofficial. But I get a fact check on that. I get my page suspended or demonetized because I dared have an opinion that wasn't framed properly as per the establishment, even though I was debunking to an extent, the narrative that there were going to be Trump electors. I had to like issue a complaint and then finally get it overturned. But my, you know, in the long run, my page is still defunct because I dared report on what happened on January 6th. Facebook has effectively taken down my page, stripped it for monetization so it doesn't do anything anymore. CNN, on the other hand, the New York Times, they can put out overtly false information repeatedly for years. No fact check. You know why? Because the bias is that the New York Times is the news period. They could write a story saying that, you know, a a giraffe landed on the top of Madison Square Garden. No one knows where it came from. And people would just be like, it's true. Project Veritas can put out a report where a guy is literally saying that he works for CNN and he's biased. And then NewsGuard will say, but Veritas is making it up. They literally show you a video of the guy saying it. The New York Times has unnamed sources. And when CNN finally has to concede, okay, this didn't really happen. They attack conservative media. I think one of the reasons they mostly ignore me is because I ain't a conservative. Now, the far left definitely tries to claim I am, but that's probably because I don't actually watch my show where I went on an angry rant last night saying the police in Minneapolis need to resign ASAP. And I routinely say things like increase the progressive tax rate for the ultra wealthy. That's not a particularly conservative thing to repeatedly call for. And I, I, we had a, an extended argument. 
on the show, like several times where we went for like 20 minutes where I'm like explaining my position on this. I've always held that position. I have always said that on all of my channels. So there's the problem. They'll say conservative media. Fine. Who are they? Who are they talking about? Their critics. See, they're not talking about me. And that's why they typically ignore me, because perhaps as a heterodox commentator, I don't fit their neat little bubbles and it doesn't get them brownie points with their audience. When they write smear pieces against me, and they have, and it's hilarious, really stupid ones, people respond with, I don't care about this guy. This is dumb. And what does this have to do with anything? Because apparently I'm a bit too milk toast for the tribalist to actually use for anything. Though they try. They'll take quotes out of context. They'll ignore the more lefty things I say and highlight only the, the conservative kind of things that I say because I'm a moderate. So I have positions that kind of lean both ways. It's funny, isn't it? How the media manipulates and lies and they try and defend it. Look at this. When asked how the Sicknick news will factor in, Stelter predicted it will worsen the riot denialism. Brian Stelter is one of the most duplicitous individuals in media. He is the definition of state media propagandist. Absolutely. So much better. He tries to accuse Tucker Carlson of doing that. All right, I'll tell you this, buddy. You want to accuse Fox News of being state media when the Republicans control like nothing in government. I don't know what you're going to call them now because it's you, buddy. You're the one defending the FBI, the CIA, Joe Biden, etc. You, my friend, are the state media now. He goes on to say, from those who have tried to minimize the insurrection, he further defended the media's coverage of the riot by saying the story of Sicknick's death was subject to evolution as more facts came out and people should be skeptical of initial accounts. Sure, you're not. That's the media lesson, Stelter said. But then the political lesson is, is there. Uh, there's this MAGA media agenda to downplay the riot, to downplay the assaults that day, the attack on democracy. And any little bit of news gets used to fuel that agenda. That's what Tucker Carlson was doing last night. That's what the Trump troll army are trying to do now. It's a shame what they're doing, that using the case of a dead officer to downplay the riot. The insurrection happened, Berman concluded. Officer Sicknick is dead. To use one to disprove the other, disingenuous to say the least. Look how, how, how they struggle. Oh, the desperation in their pathetic faces as their media crumbles, or the media company crumbles around them. The ratings collapse and no one cares because you are inauthentic propagandists spewing trash. That's... That's the truth that people are starting to realize. How long can this really continue? The lies from trash news network CNN. I can't imagine for much longer. You know, right now there's a story about bronies. The danger of bronies. Oh, no. Yeah, because some crazy guy turned out to be a brony. Now we got a story saying the, bro the, the my little pony fandom needs to come reconcile with its Nazi problem. <laughs> are you kidding me? Is the best you have to offer? You know what? When an outlet is desperate for news, they just grasp at whatever they can. I'm not interested in that. That's why over at TimCast.com, we are going to have a news editor and writer take submissions, and we're going to have cultural issues and paranormal and travel. I'm not interested in writing about the stupid opinions of a stupid person who said something stupid. You know what I mean? Like, can you believe that so-and-so said X? Now, if it's a politician, then I understand. And certain celebrities, people of influence, but not stupid culture war issues about bronies and what they believe. Sorry. I'd rather write about Bigfoot. Is, is it, does Bigfoot matter? Not all that much. But isn't it more interesting and fun to talk about weird, wild mysteries, murder, paranormal? If we don't have news, I'm not going to just make it up and try and push a narrative for clicks. I'll just write about something fun and interesting. Or tell you what, I'll make a video of a, of a guy in a, with a parachute, you know, base jumping or something. We'll, we'll go to a mountain and we'll have a video of base jumping. Just something cultural and more relevant. If there's nothing to say, then don't waste your time saying nothing. 
CNN has dedicated their time to making a mountain out of a molehill. And now that Donald Trump is gone and they have nothing left, they are in full on panic mode, desperate to talk about anything that could make them money. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.